Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport. Hello and welcome to our World Cup podcast back home with me, Paul Hawksby. And me, Andy Jacobs. And today we'll be looking back on another four games, including a giant killing, a shooing, an exciting 1-0 and yet another 0-0 draw. That's right, we'll do all that in the company of the global football expert Kevin Hatchard, the ex-Premier League referee Mark Halsey and former Canada midfielder and Como coach Mark Burcham. Mm. Yes, another thrilling day at the uh, World Cup. Didn't start in a particularly thrilling way with Croatia versus uh, Morocco. But um, Andy, a couple of good games. I mean, plenty of goals in. Uh, we saw Spain get an absolute hat for and a very enjoyable yeah. game between Canada and Belgium just now. What's the point of Costa Rica, really? Why did they even come here? What's well, if they played like that against, <laughs> they played like that against uh, Qatar, you'd think they'd take a bung, wouldn't you? I mean, it was quite, it was a really appalling performance, um, which, you know, I mean, I didn't think there was much down from to start with, but man, they, they didn't ask any questions of Spain at all. Did look good, but I mean, it's, I mean, the most intriguing thing now after the games today, and we'll talk to Kevin Hatchard about this, is Sunday night, Spain, Germany. I mean, we were, we were at um, Germany's second game of the last World Cup. Mm when they had to get that result against Sweden to stay in the mix. And they got the result from that Tony Kroos free kick at the death. But they never looked convincing in that tournament. And you never really fancied them. So they've got that look about them again. I mean, Kevin will know better than us, but yeah, he you can did. smell a, an exit in the group stages again, can't you? In that Spain game, every time I looked down, I couldn't concentrate on, my, on the game at all. So every time I looked down on my phone, I missed a goal. Yeah. <laughs> that was another goal. I didn't even have the sound on. But it was um, a couple, couple of things. I'm very glad Qatar Energy were advertising on the perimeter boards. I never use anyone else. Yeah. My... <laughs> and, uh, no. and how much does it cost to air condition an outdoor stadium? Seriously, this World Cup's got the carbon footprint of a Yeti, I'd say. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, there was a bit. I think the BBC did a piece last night. They've been claiming it's, uh, it's a carbon neutral World Cup, but Merritt and mm. Boffin has looked at it and said um, it's possibly the worst World Cup from that point of view of all time. Now, um, uh, oh, something I just, noticed, no, sorry, Andy. Yes. No, just while you mentioned Boffin, because it's such a good segue into this yeah. thing, and about it's about Belgium. This is an Oxford mathematical genius, a guy called Joshua Ball, no, Bell, who, who won the National Fantasy League competition. He like, takes a mathematical approach to football. 
Yeah. What he's done, he's done a mathematical model. And his, his model, Belgium, will meet Brazil in the final. I thought, no, really? No, without defence, mate. No. I mean, I was going to say to you, I did really enjoy watching uh, the Belgian legends tonight. It was fantastic. <laughs> I'd like to have seen Enzo Schifo come on a bit earlier. <laughs> yeah. and I was looking, I just wanted Jan Kuhlemans to get 10 minutes because he's got to be in his 60s now. <laughs> yeah. but, but the team that Martinez put out to start, if anything, that's mm. his best 11. I mean, they look better when when Trossard and one or two others came. No, I, I, wrote, I wrote down, it's very prescient of me, I wrote, Anana will give Belgium some much-needed energy, and he did. Yeah. That's what no, they were lacking. He, yeah, they were lacking energy, and, uh, yeah, they were just pretty, I mean, you know, pretty poor. The thing is, and again, something we'll touch on with Kevin, he used to look down that Belgian team sheet, and it was pretty awe-inspiring. And Kevin De Bruyne was just another name amongst all these great players. And I know that Lukaku's missing, but you look at them now... And there's players out of form, players playing in poor leagues, players in their 70s. I mean, that's what well, exactly <laughs> as an exception. He's I mean, I love Dan player. and Toby, but I loved them about six years ago, really. <laughs> no, it's true. Batshuayi is an odd player because a whole series of Chelsea managers, probably about six or seven, have not fancied him. And yeah. the thing is, he's quite a good finisher, but outside the box, it's like having 10 men. He's absolutely astonishingly terrible. There was an Actually, odd, banner, odd banner in the um, in the uh, Canadian end, Daniel. I don't know if you noticed, it was there was a, um, a maple leaf uh, flag, and next to it was just a huge word that said, Spenge. Spenge? S-P-E-N-G-E, <laughs> Spenge. On a big banner. So I thought, well, it must be a place in Canada. So I looked it up. Apparently, it's a place in Germany. Oh. But it's also a slang word. It's an English slang word for someone who's a bit of an idiot. But I did, it did strike me. <laughs> one for the teenagers. Well, I we'll did, call Birch a spench and see if he reacts. He says, see if he kicks off. But um, I, I did think of Robert Robinson saying, and the word is spenge. <laughs> but so there we are, one for the teenagers. No, I did like get around to my one for the teenagers last night. So I'll, I'll go and give it to you. you now. Go on. Uh, little references for people of a certain age. Uh, Mexico had a player uh, playing called C. Montez. And I was thinking, how many people were singing Let's Dance? <laughs> and, I think, uh, and not the David Bowie version uh, either. So there we are, one for the team. I've uh, I've been following B in Sports lineup after Keezy's proud boast. It's the most diverse lineup in the tournament. Yes. And uh, following uh, John Terry and Gary Neville, uh, today they had Peter Schmeichel and Ronald DePoor. Uh, yeah. It doesn't get more diverse, does it? It's, it does. They're going to start to phase in the more diverse presenters, I think, as time goes on. Do you on. reckon, do you? No time. It doesn't sound like we need to have the Harry Kane uh, ankle on the cover of the tabloids tomorrow for us to kiss <laughs> it or good. touch it, um, <laughs> and rub it or whatever it is, in a kind of Eileen Drury style So uh, it looks like he's all right, doesn't it, everything that yeah. Jordan Pickford said today. That's um, good. The, the, the papers are desperately looking for features around the World Cup. And in the Telegraph uh, mm. features pull out today, this was definitely the features editor calling up Sonia, uh, Sonia Harrier saying, hello, Sonia, it's Brian here. I'm definitely that's his name. I've got no idea. We need something on the England. Have you got anything for us? Have any of them got outrageous haircuts? And she said, well, I'll have a look. So she had a look and she couldn't come up with any outrageous haircuts. So the big feature is a whole page. I'll show it to camera too. A whole page on the England players' nondescript haircuts. What's with England's Lego haircuts? It doesn't even work. 
they say it's a highly refined astronaut look. Well, oh, it's is not it? really, is it? And then we got the history of the short back and sides and where it came from and the history of the crew cut. If you're, if you're interested... They have a quote from Tim Peake. <laughs> they should do. The short back and sides dates from the First World War where military barbers would efficiently and quickly cut the hair short to give a uniform appearance. Yeah, thanks for that. Who cares? And uh, the crew cut is a version of the same style originated in the late 1920s when a Yale rower had his hair cut short and the rest of the crew followed suit. Actually, that's quite decent QI knowledge. But that's the whole page, old desperate page. It's good, isn't it? Um, and so look out for more of those as the company. I've just got letters from the start. Oh, okay. Good ones, are they? Yeah, oh, you're not bad, actually. Uh, yeah. This one really got me from Mr. Coffee. He said, my glorious Wales will win the World Cup. They were so much better than England. What? <laughs> England won 6-2, mate. Yes. <laughs> Gareth Bale's my hero. Up the dragons, he says. Well, fair enough. You've got to be optimistic, haven't you? By the way, I mean, the, the, the ego of Cristiano Ronaldo really does no, no bounds. Uh, mm. They were talking uh, about the um, photo shoot that they did. Well, in fact, they weren't in the same room. Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo weren't ever in the same space together playing chess. Uh, that must have been quite tricky. Yeah, they were sort of cut <laughs> into the shot. So oh, right. uh, they made it look like the two of them were there. But uh, Ronaldo said afterwards, life is like chess and added with a smile. I would like to be the player to checkmate Messi. It happened in the chess game. And it, if it happened in football, it would be magic. So he's still claiming he won a non-competitive <laughs> game of chess that neither of them actually played in. We're in the well, same room. Point scoring. <laughs> he's ridiculous, isn't he? Uh, it's a, honestly, it's a real joyous World Cup, isn't it? You see, a fan has revealed how he was set upon by security guards after trying to do keepy-uppies at all eight World Cup stadiums. What a jamboree it is, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's a festival, a festival of fun. <laughs> And, Honestly, yeah, there's some worries. Three, uh, we had that's three nil nils. We've had we had three in a row, of course, three nil all draws in a row. Mm, that's unusual, isn't it? Because you're saying last night when there was only one in, in Russia, one in 2018, just one mm. um nil nil draw, which I was quite surprised at. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think there were very few in 2014 at the latter stages, so it's quite weird that we've had a couple of cagey games but uh, look I mean generally we've seen we've seen a lot of goals saved, so you know three of the four games were exciting uh, we'll be honest Andy neither of us watched uh, Japan Germany live that was in sad circumstances regular yeah. listeners I know we lost a good mate of ours David English the loon Dr David uh, Lord Bunbury recently and uh, we, we said farewell to him today so we were I, I've, I've watched the highlights uh, of the game back yeah me too and, did look an absolute thriller. So I think yeah. uh, Kevin... Germany, Germany should look like they should have won it, really. But it yeah. was a bit like the well, Saudi Arabia game. But uh... Indeed. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport. Well, a fairly quiet day for the officials today, unlike the first uh, couple of days when we had uh, plenty to talk about. But the fact remains there's going to be contentious decisions throughout. So we thought we'd sort of take the pulse of a man who knows somebody who refereed in the Premier League for uh, many years and uh, is uh, working on this World Cup from an official's point of view. It is the former Premier League referee, Mark Housey. How are you doing, Mark? I'm good, thanks. Are you guys okay? Yeah, yeah good, thanks, we're, we're Mark. pretty yeah, good. good. So what, what have you made overall? A kind of blanket look at, at the way the officials have been doing their job at the tournament so far. 
Yeah, listen, I think it's gone quite smoothly at present. I mean, there's always going to be one or two decisions, perhaps where we don't agree with. Obviously, in the England-Iran game with the, with the holding offence, the two holding offences, we've seen one penalty given, one not given for, for England, which I thought was an absolutely nailed-on penalty. Yeah. Um, I, I don't understand why VAR get involved in, do not get involved in that in that situation, yet get involved with the one involving John Stones for the little little bit of a, a shirt tug. But, um, yeah, you can argue that they were inconsistent on that day. But having said that, I thought the referee still refereed the game well because he played two excellent advantages uh, for the third and fourth goal. So, on the whole, I think um, it, it's been fairly quiet. It, it, it normally goes that way in tournament football. It's not until, you know, teams start looking and facing like they're going to be knocked out and you get into the knockout stages that the, the tempo and the challenges start to go in. I wonder if it's easier for the referees, Mark, in a way, because to me, all the pressure seems to be on VAR and on Kalina and the yeah. inconsistencies from day to day, as you rightly said, one game not given, next game given, and that sort of thing. So it is interesting, isn't it? The folk, the referees themselves seem to be doing okay. They, they do, yeah. And, and it was pleasing to see the referee in the, um, was it the Tunisia? The Tunisia... Part, was Denmark. It the Tunisia, Denmark, Tunisia Denmark, yeah. Over the, I mean, the, 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 the handball, yeah. which I thought was... You know, I didn't think VAR should have got involved in that instance because it was very, very harsh. I mean, it's come off his body stroke arm onto his other arm um, at, at pace, and, and and there's less distance, you know, between the, the player and the ball. And it was it was pleasing to see that the referee go over, view the monitor, and stick with his decision by not giving a penalty. I thought yeah. that was that's just what we that's what we're crying out for for referees to do, aren't we, in the Premier League? And we don't see it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I thought I did know tonight we heard from on commentary. I don't know if you heard there were seven different nationalities in the VAR hub. Yeah. <laughs> they should try that at Stockley Park. It might improve. <laughs> <laughs> might get a few more decisions, right? Yeah, <laughs> it was no, interesting. What, what, what you have right. to understand is that every FIFA official has to speak English, right? So they will all, you know, they will all speak, yeah, yeah. communicate in English. I don't do like the ref shirts, do you? I don't like that design. You're not keen on it? Oh, it's a bit rough. You won't be buying one of those with a replica shirt. <laughs> <around> <laughs> this, <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. Saw, you're talking about the Maguire decision and then the one we saw in the Argentina game. I saw in your little son, Colin, you were saying that there would have been a debrief after the England game. Um, so I would imagine they are having these conversations every day, looking to tweak it, looking to get the balance yeah. But, right. but that, that, that's what happens. They, they have the, they have they get together the next day and they go through they go through the game they go through the you know the the, the clips and the whole the whole the whole class they all they they all they'll be there in a class and they'll all go through these clips and and you can see in the Argent the Argentinian penalty it wasn't as uh, severe as the as the holding offence in you know when the English have a penalty but it was obvious that they had spoken about that incident because you know it 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 it, it was given. And, and rightly given, although it wasn't as in, it wasn't as clear cut as, as that, the one that we should have got. No. Um, nevertheless, it was still it was still a penalty, and it was it was right, and it was good to see that they were giving those because they've set down the marker now, haven't they? That they've got they've got to be giving those as, as penalties. It'd be interesting to see, of course, if it feeds into the Premier League after the World Cup. But a point of law you might be able to clear up because I've seen a lot of people discussing. Don't ask me about law. <laughs> <laughs> the penalty tonight. All right, I thought it was a penalty and it was goal bound. But a lot of people felt the yellow card was unfair, really, a bit hard, like it wasn't really deliberate. Yeah. What's, no, what's I, the I, reason for that? Well, listen, I, 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 do you know what? I wrote that down in my notes. Mm. Um, about about the, the 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 caution, and I'm I'm 100 with you. 
I thought the penalty was sufficient punishment. It, 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 you don't need to caution every handball. Was it deliberate? You could argue it's deliberate. But for me, penalty was sufficient punishment. And, and you do see different styles of refereeing from, you know, the, the South American referees or the, you know, the, the Asian part of, of, of the world to the European referees. There is a, there is, there is, there is a difference. Yeah. We were saying on the podcast the other day, Mark, that unlike the Premier League where you can get five bookings before you miss a game, you've only got two hits here before you get a ban. And with Gareth Bale the other night, perfectly good tackle, yellow card. Carrasco yeah. tonight, you could argue, not a yellow card. Yeah, so yeah. They, they count. You do wonder whether there'd be a way to maybe, after the the, the, the games, to overturn these because you've, you've, got, you've got such a small window. It's quite easy to pick up a couple of yellow cards in three Yeah. Games. Personally, I think in I mean in in tournament football, I think they should up it to to three to three cautions because mm. you, you quite rightly say sometimes you see some so many cheap cautions and it's very difficult sometimes for referees in real time. So it it is difficult, but then you, you can see when you see on the slow mo and the replays that you think, oh hang on, that's a bit harsh. Well, that looks a bit harsh. Well, that was harsh. So I would like to see the the um, it raised to to three before yeah. you get before you get the ban. That's one thing we idea. do. One thing Paul and I discovered, Mark, when we went to the referees hotel in 2014, we were invited there, and it was we had lunch with one of the officials, and we chatted, that they all take the Mickey out of each other. Yes, so there's a, a lot, lot of humour, isn't it? <laughs> We, oh, hello, Mark. You've gone over there. Got you falling over there. He's just getting a red card for that. He's on. Yeah. Oh, no. That, <laughs> hey. he's always, I love the fact as a referee, you've always got a red card <laughs> yeah. on you. Just in case. Somebody, somebody cuts you up at the lights. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I was just doing a cameo thing, telling the night to do something for with a red card. He's starting to be there. So, oh, well, that's that good. That you say that. that. No, no, but I was thinking this morning, because, because the way they are with each other, in the Morocco game, the ball must have been a foot out of play right in front of the linesman yeah i bet they're going to show him that tonight they're going to yeah, <laughs> oh, they're get him on that absolutely. one absolutely all the old yeah, you do, you do pull, we do have a yeah. laugh and you do pull their legs and we you know yeah. we used to do that all the time so uh but you got it you got to have a bit of fun no absolutely talking to red cards Mike, one final question no reds as yet which is quite interesting oh, i wonder if hey. that's players being careful oh yeah, yeah that's no, interesting I hey, hey just be quiet you maybe that's the benefit of five five subs that you can afford to sub a player who's got on a yellow yeah, yeah but I, mean, so I wonder if it's the players behaving themselves and being aware that the referees have got a pr pretty uh, low bar or whether it's the refs being a bit more lenient themselves letting stuff go yeah, I, I have noticed that we have we have seen a, a bit of leniency, which is well, which for me I think is good for the is good for the game, good for the tournament. Um, but you always get in the early in the early games, um, players behave themselves. Their discipline is is, is very good. Um, except obviously, I mean the, the Saudi Arabian sort of uh, their discipline wasn't as good when as time went on, was it? The mm. other night. Uh, but normally in, in tournament football, as I said, the their discipline is is very good. In the early stages, it's when it becomes a knockout stage and teams could be seeing themselves being knocked out of the, of the competition. That's when the intensity yeah. comes up, the challenges go in and, and we will see a few more yellow. And I'm, I'm, I'll, I won't be surprised if we do see a red card, um, like you say, shortly. Well, Mark, lovely to talk to you as always. Hopefully we'll catch up with you uh, later in the tournament. But for now, thanks very much for joining us. Take care, guys. All the best. Hawksview Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport. Our thanks to Mark Housie, as we said, we'll hopefully catch up with him a little bit later in the tournament when the, those uh, reds start flying around. But uh, we're going to reflect now on the game between Belgium and and Canada, a fantastic performance by Canada. They just couldn't find the goal. Uh, and joining us now, former Canada midfielder, friend of the show, formerly a QBR, and Millwall, Mark Bircham. How are you doing, Birch? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you doing, chaps? Yeah, yeah we're not good. too bad, thank you. So, uh, I mean, I saw a couple of tweets you put out. You were you're pretty gutted uh, in the end that they couldn't get find that, at least the equaliser, which they deserved. Yeah, just a mix of emotions, because one... Relieved we played well and we didn't get battered because you've always got in the back of the mind playing Belgium, it could go, it could go horribly wrong. But then just disappointment because I don't think we could have played any better, but we mm. just was miss, missing the composures. Probably first game in the World Cup, it's got exciting. We've had 21 shots and three on target. And I think that sums it. And when we would started so well and we was getting chances and we missed the penalty. You just knew Belgium would probably get one chance and take it. And it was that's why ex Chelsea man that that was probably the first thing. No, I think you find he's still with us, isn't he? (laughs) (laughs) That was probably the first thing he'd done right all game. He started off. Yeah. And then that's the only thing he did all game. I thought they missed you in midfield, really. They had a 39-year-old. I thought they could have found a place for it. Yeah, I know I played him with Tebow. Great though. I was gonna ask you that. Do you know any of the guys? Yeah, yeah, well, I coached the under-17s and under-20s, and we had a lot of the guys, and now I coached with a, an English lad who's Canadian as well, Rob Gow. So a lot of the lads, Alfonso was in there, Sam Adekunle, Jonathan David, Carl Larin, uh, a load of them we've coached yeah. about years ago now. So it's great to see him out there. He ran out of steam a bit, Tejon Buchanan, didn't he? But he looks a player, doesn't he? Mm. Yeah, he's a player. Uh, again, Alfonso, I don't think Alfonso Davis was fully fit. He weren't his explosive best, probably 
like when you're that quick, um, yeah. you're suffering from hamstrings. So he'll probably be even with the penalty, he didn't look when he when he stepped up, he put it down. I was worried straight away. Maybe that was my pessimistic self, which I'm very rarely pessimistic. I didn't have full confidence when he was running up to it. So I've yeah. got a theory about Courtois though. I think he psychs out kickers, he psychs out strikers. He did I look to... huge in that goal, didn't he, for the penalty. Yeah, I often think that he, a striker looks at him and thinks, I've got to get it right in the corner. I've got to get yeah. it in the postage because he's such a brilliant keeper. Yeah, no, he is. He is. And he must look, when you're under pressure and take the penalty like that, he looks twice as big and the goal looks twice as small. So, But he, when you take that type of penalty, it's 50-50. The keeper goes right way, he's definitely going to save it. So, yeah. look, it's one of them things. Uh, Jonathan David played. Cole Aaron's probably a better finisher. So he could have had as many chances, but I definitely think we had a second penalty. I don't know why. Yeah. One yeah. of the two should be given. I, I think the one uh, where he's, he's tripped him from behind. Yeah. I thought that was more of a blatant penalty. Clear pen. But the yeah, other one, so their Vasa does surprise me. Yeah. It, it's, uh, I mean, do you feel they've, you know, they'll take a lot of confidence from the performance? They've taken Belgium, you know, a good side, really close, haven't they? So I'm sure. Herman will be saying to him, look, you know, just bear that in mind. That was a good performance and, you you know, you can do better than that. You, they put the penalty away. It could have been a completely different game. Yeah, that's why that's why you mix with, you want to be happy and it's a great performance, but just that disappointment where we probably won't have a, that chance again to beat yeah. Belgium. Yeah. We probably played Belgium eight times and probably just have that one chance to win. So, look, you can look forward to Croatia. It's, I see them as a similar side to Belgium, probably a bit ageing. They're more technical and more more possession side. And we that should help our high press and our athleticism. Yeah. Mark now, you haven't, still said, decent. Yeah, yeah, you haven't said the word a boot yet. So people yeah. will be wondering how you qualify. <laughs> I, mean, I can say, hey, what's that? Qualify. I was going to ask you, do you know the national anthem? Yeah, are we wondering? I sung it loud and proud. I, thought, I learned off South Park when I was, <laughs> when I was playing. You know, I did. But you didn't really have Google and all that about then. And... Uh, living with my brother, we was in the flat, and it was a Terence and Phillips special, South Park special, and they had O Canada with a bouncing ball, and I was literally going to play for him in a couple of weeks. I learned it, so yeah, I used to sing it top of my lungs every day. Brilliant, game. brilliant. You didn't, you didn't sing it in the Cartman style, did you? I hope. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I sent. Uh, it was like a Ray Winston lounge style. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. There was um, John Hartson said in the commentary of the the game earlier on today, the um, Croatia Morocco game. He qualified for Wales, Birch via his. I think he said his granddad. Um, uh, sorry, qualified for Wales, qualified for Canada as <laughs> well as Welsh Wales. Yeah. He did qualify. <laughs> what a shot that is. John Hartson's Welsh. I know. I <laughs> David. So oh, I meant no, of course. <laughs> I wonder why you look so confused. <laughs> no, he qualified to play for Canada. His granddad was uh, from Newfoundland. Yeah. And they get, that, like the Newfies, they get a lot of stick, don't they? So oh, all the oh, yeah. Newfie jokes. Yeah, yeah. A boo, a boo, a new. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you could have been playing with Big John. Yeah, well... If it had come in, well, I, as you know, I qualified my, from a, through my granddad because he mm. was born and lived there a year. That was it. So amazing. But it's lovely to talk to you. Uh, commiserations tonight. Let's hope that Canada can uh, get a result in the next game. Maybe we'll catch up with you later in the tournament. But for now, good luck at the weekend. Cheers, and uh, lovely yeah, to see we got, you. We got uh, Bowery at home, David Platt's Bowery. Oh, oh right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Lovely. Well, uh, good luck. All the best. Cheers, chaps. Thanks a lot. Take care. Talk sport. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from TalkSport.
Mark Burcham there, our uh, thanks to him. Now, let's uh, look at some of the other games uh, played today. I mean, the big seismic result of the day. We think we have one every day currently. Was Germany being beaten by Japan? And uh, here to talk about that, the Spain performance and more. It's a man we often turn to on the show on a regular basis, of course, uh, global football expert, Kevin Hatchard. Hi, Kevin. Hi, gents. How are we? Yes, pretty good. Thank you. Um, as you said, better than uh, Hansi Flick is uh, this evening. All the old, well, quite a few of the old problems that we've seen with Germany in recent years seem to resurface in that game against Japan. Yeah, they did. And we talked before the tournament about Germany's defensive deficiencies and that the only way really they were going to be able to mask those was by taking their chances in attack when they came. And it was the nightmare scenario because Germany lacked ruthlessness in attack and simply couldn't defend adequately. And we saw that the Ilkay Gundogan, who had a very heated interview afterwards, uh, where he was very honest and open, said uh, the winning goal was possibly the worst, go the easiest goal ever conceded at a World Cup, which is maybe overdoing it just slightly. Oh, yeah. But he was really angry. Uh, and he said, look, some of the players just didn't show for the ball, didn't want possession. And he said how we didn't score the second goal is beyond me. And, of course, he was a big part of that. Had a really big chance to make it too, but he hit the post. Jamal Musiala tricked his way into a couple of brilliant positions mm. and couldn't score. And the winning goal is really basic if you look at it. It's, it's a failure to hold a line. Niklas Zula stays in. Antonio Rudiger comes out. And then Nico Schlotterbeck can't recover. The irony is... The two Japanese goals are scored by players who were in Germany. Yeah. Um, Ritsu Duan, who's played there for a while now uh, and has been playing very well for Freiburg. And Takuma Asano, it is wild that he got the winner because he's barely played for Borkum this season because of injury. And he's never really been a regular goal scorer in Germany. So there's been an irony there that a guy that can barely score in the Bundesliga scores the winner against Germany. Yeah. What do you make of Neuer now? I mean, at one time he was just the supreme keeper, but I don't know. Is he has he seen his better days, really? No, I thought he played well, uh, and he had to play well, which is disturbing for Germany. Really, he made an an absolutely outstanding save uh, late in the game, and there wasn't much he could do. I didn't think about either of the goals. Uh, I think he was left exposed. The weird thing about Germany is you look at all the individual defenders, and they're fine but they've just never quite found the right back four. Uh, it just hasn't worked. Zula at right back, I expected that because they don't have an outstanding right back and he has played there for Bayern, he has played there for Dortmund, but he doesn't have those instincts to kind of hold the line in that position and that's mm. what we saw for the winning goal. And that now it's Spain with their tails up. We'll come on to them in a minute and Germany need to get something from that match. Um it's, it's, well, it's know, going to be, be going the same way as 2018, Kev. Yeah, and I, I've looked at German media and that, that's being talked about a lot. The, the fact that it, it could be a repeat um, of what happened in 2018. And actually, Hansi Flick was asked directly about that. And he said, well, that was nothing to do with me. I wasn't <laughs> one of the coaching staff. So I just prefer to focus on this. But Thomas Müller was asked afterwards uh, about the game and he had a bit of a, an argument with the ARD reporter because she had suggested that the goals had been coming from Japan. And he said, well, I thought 
you know, we were on top for an hour and looked as though we were going to go and win it. And really, we should have won it. So I think they are really wounded by this and really shocked by it as well, because they really should have gone on and won that game. It's a self-inflicted wound. Yeah. We should um, talk about Spain. Were Spain great? Or were Costa Rica <laughs> absolutely terrible or a bit terrible. of both? I think without being disrespectful to Costa Rica, I think the three of us could maybe have played in midfield for Spain <laughs> and they, they might still have sneaked it, I think. Like, I, I thought it was really tepid performance from Costa Rica. I was quite yeah. shocked. I'd expected them to be aggressive. I'd expected them to be a bit dirty, quite frankly, and mm. kind of, you know, side a few people down and just get in Spain's faces. And it was feeble quite frankly. Spain were very good. We shouldn't, you know, we, we shouldn't minimise what they did, but it's very, very difficult to judge them based on that. But I think the really encouraging thing for Luis Enrique is the fact that they had goals coming from all areas. So Danny Olmo looked sharp. Ferran Torres looked sharp. Asensio played well. Barata got his goal. That's important for him psychologically. That's going to be the key for them. Can they find enough goal scorers going forward? I was reading a thing about Germany's preparation and where they're staying. And they've left nothing to chance, really. So basically how it didn't work out for them, I've no idea. Yeah. They're staying at the five-star eco hotel yeah. um, called the, we don't even know what it's called, meticulous national team overlord Oliver Bierhoff targeted the expensive hideaway so the players can open their windows. Yeah, they, they, they tried a hotel that had non-opening windows. <laughs> really? <laughs> and uh, he decided he couldn't possibly do that, be too claustrophobic. So maybe he should have gone to the non-opening windows hotel. It could have made all the difference. They should have um, got an underground hotel yeah. with, with <laughs> just pitch black. Yes, let's not talk bunkers in this context. It's not uh, a yes. good idea. Probably the, fair. Yeah. The um, What was I going to say to you? Uh, yeah, and Canada kind of showed Costa Rica the way, didn't they? I mean, you know, sort of go well, out and your Saudi sword. Arabia. It's that you've got to go yeah, for it's it. Just, yeah, you know, really go for it. You know, and yeah. just don't just turn up with these things and it's not death by a thousand cuts. What's the point? Yeah, you've got to be brave. Mm. You do have to be brave. Yeah, if you're going to press, you have to press as a unit and you have to keep going. Uh, and I think Canada did that very well. Mm. I think we saw the pace of that team. I don't understand why Alfonso Davies took that pen. I know that he grabbed the ball and was very decisive, but he hasn't exactly got a brilliant scoring record mm. for Bayern. And I thought that was a, a terrible penalty and a real shame, actually, because he's a player that I, I like very much. And I just thought generally their set-piece taking was atrocious and he really let them down because 90% of the performance was there. The energy was there. The pace was there. I thought Belgium... We, their flaws were highlighted. Uh, mm. I think there was a lack of pace in that back line, and I thought Canada exploited that. So I think it's a bit of a shame that Canada couldn't quite make it happen and couldn't quite get that goal. But Belgium, uh, unless they improve significantly, yeah. I can't see them going that far. No. I tell you, what I feel sorry for actually people who own sushi restaurants in Germany. Can't have much of a trade tonight, really. <laughs> well, you know what? It's the kind we've of got an Juan situation again, haven't we? You might remember uh, when Italy got knocked out by South Korea um, in the World Cup back in mm. 2002. An Juan, who scored the goal against Italy, was playing in Italy, and their chairman 
made a big show of ripping up his loan contract and he was sacked immediately. <laughs> so ha- half the Japanese team. Harsh. Very uh, small-minded. Yeah, if we Very run that kind of, uh, yeah, if it's on that basis, half the Japanese team will lose their contract. Do we, we should let you have the only word on Croatia and Morocco. I looked at my notes and there weren't any. It was. I've uh, got one about Ziyech. That's it. Yeah, I mean, look, there were some moments there. Morocco came on strong, and there was a bit of quality at times about Croatia, but it was wasn't up to much. Croatia, no, it looked a bit devoid of ideas, really. I thought it was a much better result for Morocco than it was yeah. for Croatia. Uh, I think what we saw from Morocco is how good a unit they are defensively, and I thought Yassin Bodo played really well in goal, looked really commanding made a big save from Vlasic when he needed to. Croatia were one-paced, really mm. disappointing. And their big problem, really, is they don't have a centre-forward they can hang their hat on. Uh, Bruno Petkovic is a big, strong guy. Andre Kramaric has always been a good goal scorer in Germany, but not at international level. And there's nobody, really, that you could say, hand on heart, is going to put away a chance in the 90th minute to win yeah. you a game. Kevin, lovely to talk to you as always. Uh, hopefully, we'll catch up with you later in the tournament. But for now, thanks for joining us. Cheers, guys. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from Talksport. Talksport. Uh, thanks to Kevin Hatchard, um, uh, European and indeed world football expert. Finally, can I be the first person to talk about the World Cup ball? Because nobody is talking about the ball. Normally in a World Cup, they yeah, all the point. ball. It flies. It's, it's just like a normal ball. It's Keepers a... aren't complaining. No, I mean, we've seen a few go over the bar, but no one's yeah. saying it's too light, it's too heavy, it's not round enough. So I thought we'd talk about it just so that we could be the first. Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> well, good it's done. Thank you. So that's us. That's us good. for another day. We'll be, uh, Andy, I've got, and we've got some good stuff tomorrow. I know sometimes I read the four games that are coming up tomorrow. Okay. You give me a thousand yard stare. So uh, Switzerland, Cameroon. Well, you know. Uh, well, that, maybe that's the outline. <laughs> then we've got, uh, from a Tottenham point of view, Benton Coor versus Sonny. It's the Uruguay versus yeah, South well, Korea. I've got money on Uruguay, so I'll definitely be watching that. Okay. Then we've got Portugal, and we'll train, interested to see if Cristiano Ronaldo turns up. They take, play Ghana, so that should be a really entertaining game. And then we've got Brazil, first sight of Brazil, and then we'll see what all the fuss is about against Serbia. Serbia, a decent side, so... Yeah. Um, you know, it wouldn't be at all surprised if they could come unstuck against the team. Nah, I think Brazil would be good. Mitrovic is fit, apparently, the word is. What a surprise. Very important, yeah. <laughs> so there we are. Four more games to discuss uh, tomorrow. Um, I do hope you can uh, join us then. Uh, just download the podcast. I hope you've been enjoying them so far. We'll be doing a fresh run for you every day, of course, during this first couple of weeks podcast only. But uh, for now, thanks for listening, and we'll catch up with you tomorrow. Sport. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from TalkSport. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. 
And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. 